What's up, guys? It is another beautiful week we have here. The sun's starting to come out. The snow's gone. It's raining a little bit, but it's all right because it's almost April. Almost April means it's almost May, which means it's almost July because June is just pre-July in my head. I feel like June and July kind of they go together it starts getting really hot right in the middle gets super hot and then it starts to cool down in two favorite months anyway that was pointless but today's podcast we are talking to steve-o morris this dude is a little insane and i say that with the most respect uh with talking to him i've came to really like steve-o and uh kind of become friends so hopefully we can get a chance to talk again coming up in the future maybe even get a chance to train down in florida but he is in the bkfc for those of you who do not know what that is it is the bare knuckle fighting championship and he has a fight coming up april 8th 2022 in case you're listening to this in the future so definitely go get a chance to watch him check him out but our conversation was all over the place we we're kind of we're just getting into a groove but in reality um this dude's been fighting his entire life so there's nothing that anybody's going to be able to throw at him that he hasn't already seen and gone through uh real solid guy enjoyed talking to him and I hope you enjoy listening. So please enjoy today's conversation with Stevo Morris. All right, cool man. I uh, my name is Rob. This is uh, Stevo Morris. Uh, for everybody that does not know, you are a bare knuckle fighter. Um, you have also been in a lot of other promotions, a lot of other fighting styles. I'm uh, kind of going all over the internet right now and uh, just kind of hand the mic over to you, give you an opportunity to kind of, you know, share your story, who you are, where you're from, and uh, kind of get this going. All right. Well, obviously, my name's Steve O'Morris, nickname's The Blessed. I'm originally from Danville, Illinois. I just moved down here to Florida about two years ago to actually go professional and start taking this serious because I've been training for six years now, I believe, but I've only been training seriously for two years. Those other years, I was just like half-assing it, just jumping off the couch, still getting fucked up all the time, just, but still hanging in there with top athletes that were actually in the gym. Right. <laughs> when, uh, what got you into fighting? Like, because I know a lot of people tend to have kind of a shoddy background um, that even kind of brought you into the gym in the first place. What kind of what kind of got you even into the gym? Kind of like the typical being picked on kid where I come from. It's not a very nice place. And I just got sick of it one day. And when I hit the kid for picking on me, I just noticed like he never got up. <laughs> and then from, <laughs> from then on, I was like, well, I wonder if everybody messes with me, if I can just start doing that. And people leave me alone. And then that eventually, you know, I did that. And then we had a whole bunch of 
we used to meet up in backyards and stuff too and fight and i was always just whooping people and i never stepped foot in a gym so it was just natural to me and then i took that took that into boxing and then once i started boxing uh i thought i was a badass when i first went in there and said i would whoop anybody in there and i remember the coach put me in with this little tiny little teenager and he that was the most ass whooping i got for three minutes straight and then that that changed my aspect on the way i look at fighting like yeah. there's always gonna be somebody out there that's bigger and better oh yeah yeah i know for me i got into it uh i got into jiu-jitsu after my big medical crash and like i couldn't really walk that well and it was just kind of i needed something to get like this violent frustration out you know and yeah. jiu-jitsu was it it was just, it just sucked going in at like 210 pounds and having like these little hundred oh, yeah. guys like take me out like it was nothing you know and i mean i could last a couple minutes for like just using strength but as soon as that kind of fatigued out i was screwed <laughs> well they say they say jujitsu is based for the smaller guy to be able to take yeah. the bigger guy so yeah that would make sure. sense yeah no it definitely did make sense it uh it was a very humbling experience on my ego to say the least i guess <laughs> um so you were talking about kind of like when you were just kind of messing around in the gym fighting a little bit before you went down to florida um and you were drinking and partying and stuff. Is that something that you've done kind of a lot back in Danville? Or like, is that just like part of the culture? Because I know Indiana is is not the most prevalent state, you know, for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I know every time we have to go there, uh, my Muay Thai team, we go to uh, right outside of Gary. And so yeah, that's I'm a, Illinois, that's- but it's just kind of like, in that little realm to where there's mm-hmm. really not much going on was partying and drugs and everything a big part of your past yeah that's a huge that's the only way you have fun around there pretty much because there's nowhere to eat you get the basic ass like mcdonald's taco bell just the basic shit that you're gonna be sick of after two days of being there yeah but then you also don't have any like positive things going on there on top of that there's nothing for anybody to do so what else is there to do but start getting fucked up at an early age and that's what everybody was doing from i know i started really young probably about i started getting into trouble when i was around 11 and then i was constantly i probably spent more time in jail than i did out of jail my teenage years and then i just kept doing i kept just basically living that whole cycle of life from the age of 11 until just a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then I finally just woke up and I knew something had to change. Yeah, for sure. No, I, yeah, I know what you mean. I, uh, I went to rehab about four years ago for drugs and alcohol. So that shit can definitely take over. Was there like, when you decided to make that switch, did you have any like troubles going from like the old lifestyle? Cause I mean, it's not just the drugs and alcohol, you know, it's like all your friends and everything that kind of goes with that. Did you have like any issues kind of getting away from that? No, because as time was going, they were, I was losing people, either they were dying or they was getting sent to prison for the rest of their life. So I seen all the people I love growing up with just gone back to back. And then I started thinking that could be me next. 
for the life we're out here living. Yeah. So, so then uh, I also thought about what I wanted. I have because I have four kids. Also wanted the how do I want my kids looking at me when they're growing up and they're when they get grown. I don't want them to ask me for something, and I won't, I don't want to be able to not just get it for them. Right, right. When did you have your first kid? Uh, when I was eighteen. Damn. I can't, yeah, I can't having kids. Twenty. <laughs> I'm twenty six now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine having four kids at twenty six. When I was kind of like <laughs> going through your profile, and I, you know, I saw your birthday. I was like, oh shit! Now you got four kids. Like my fiance is twenty six, and I can't imagine having four kids. Like, yeah, especially on top of being a fighter and everything it's i hear that a lot yeah i hear that do you have time to like i mean obviously you're making time but like Mm -hmm. with the fights like during fight week you know like how busy that week is and then you're gone a lot are you able to still keep communication with them and or do you just shut them completely out for that week no i'm still i'm with them every single some of the Sometimes they're even there all the way up until I get on the scale and I go fight and they're still right there. So they basically never leave my side. Oh, that's but funny. as as we're going up in the promotions and in the rankings, I'm going to be traveling a lot more. So that's not going to be a, obviously not going to be able to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but usually their uh, their mom. Well, I have a couple moms. That makes it even more difficult. <laughs> I have I have. I have four kids with three moms, so it's even more stressful to deal with. Yeah. How many but of the, them don't like my <laughs> two. <laughs> my current my current uh girlfriend. Oh, we're probably gonna get married, honestly. Uh she helps out incredibly. Like she's my backbone. She does, she's with the kids 24-7. And in those last two weeks, like right now, she knows I'm gonna be getting angry and anxious because i'm a fat ass at heart <laughs> and i come down from 175 pounds down to 145 to fight so i'm pretty hungry these last two weeks yeah and then the the kids they they like to add to it but we manage i like yeah. it's working yeah yeah that's actually what i do is i work with fighters um on their weight uh, kind of doing nutrition and stuff like that just because the weight cut does suck <laughs> there's no way yeah, no it. yeah there's it I've, doesn't matter how much education you have helping somebody out it it still sucks especially 70 to 45 which is pretty average it seems like yeah and then it, it sucks no matter what i try to do new things each time no matter what i this is going to be my 17th 18th fight so <laughs> it's never got easier, not one bit. Yeah. I just I just put on the poker face and I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of the fight almost starts a couple weeks before the fight. And then once the fight goes, then you just get to play and just hang out. <coughs> it seems like a lot of guys are going down to Florida. Um, what mm-hmm. pushed you to go down there? Because I mean Florida, there's more opportunities than Indiana's going to have or Illinois is going to have, you know, that area. Um, but what pushed you to get down to Florida? Because, you know, all the partying and stuff is just down there. It's just ramped up a little bit more. Um, oh, yeah, it's way. They party way more here. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. 
but I've been back and forth like my whole life. My dad and mom split when I was young. My dad lived here in St. Pete and uh, my mom stayed in Illinois. So I was, I was such a troubled kid that once one of them couldn't handle me, I'd get sent there. Once that one was sick of me, they'd send me back. I was back and forth. Really? I don't blame them. I would have did the same thing. <laughs> I was a bad kid. Yeah. What kind but of trouble they, were you getting into? Just fights? Just constant fight, just fighting all the time, just constant. It was just always for a fight, and somebody would get hurt and have to go to the hospital, and then they would always say my name, and they would come find me. Jesus. So you've been fighting your whole life. Yeah, that's always I've, – I've figured out it's the only thing I'm good at, so going to make the best out of it. Yeah. I mean, you got to double down on your positives there. Did uh, mm-hmm. When you were growing up, was there a lot of violence like in your house and like drugs, alcohol, fights like that? Or did you have like a pretty good upbringing? No, we were just poor, real yeah. poor. That's about it. But no one, nothing violent or nobody got beat or raped or nothing like that. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty normal, just extremely poor. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, being poor is it, yeah, I grew up pretty pretty fucking poor myself. It's it's a different stress, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's not so much like a physical fight, but it's you know, you open up your closet and there's five shirts, you know, and one pair of jeans and it's like you get one shirt for Monday. Yeah, I had yeah, that's when I went to school, we had school outfits Monday through Friday. Yep. And we weren't <laughs> allowed to wear it outside of school. Oh, yeah. You got yeah. one pair of shoes at the beginning yeah. of the year. That <laughs> that's, <one. laughs> that's exactly. Yeah, no, I was talking to my fiance about that. And uh, she comes from like a really like well put together family. And I was like, you know, you'll never understand what it's like to have to go to school, like just to get breakfast and have to stand in line and give your name, yeah. you know, and they check your name off every day. It's, it's kind of demoralizing, you know. It, and kids, kids are mean now. Nowadays, kids are mean as hell. Oh yeah. So, so once they seen that outfit a couple of times, they're like, "Well, why do you keep wearing that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's really no like good answer when you're a kid, too. You know, like you can't say, "Oh, mm-hmm. my parents can't afford it." You know, you can't defend yeah. anything because you can't go get a job. But kids. <sighs> so, how is that relating into like your fight career now? Like growing up poor and you know having a lot of partying and stuff are you taking it obviously you're taking it a lot more serious your fight career um but as far as like the trainings going in your diet are you very strict on kind of every aspect of it including once you get home or once you get home is it kind of just like chill relax and you know let shit go no i feel like i'm a full-time fighter from the time i wake up to the time i'm asleep so there is no I don't ever feel like I get a break, honestly, because I wake up, go straight to boxing. I'm there for two, two and a half hours. I go home. I might, and then I'll do something with the kids and my girlfriend. And then, but then a couple hours later, I'm right back to the MMA gym to do another two, three hours. Yeah. And then, and then these last two weeks on top of once I get done with my two gym sessions, I'll be going to uh get into a sauna to cut, help cut the weight because mm-hmm. i've figured out that helped me shed quite a bit yeah yeah you can actually get uh personal saunas 
for like 120 bucks or something like that on Amazon. Yeah, I, I've seen them. I want one. Yeah, yeah, those things help out a lot. You don't have to go to those like the uh, commercial saunas because those are like 180 degrees, 200 degrees. People yeah. are pumping up too, and once you start sweating, you don't need to keep sweating anymore. Um, but I kind of want to just back up just a little bit. Um, so you were talking about how you were partying a lot. You're getting into fighting. You're moving down to Florida. Um, is that where your first fight was, was down in Florida? Like you're not obviously your first fight, but like your first like sanctioned, you know, fight. No, I didn't. I didn't fight here for, by the time I moved here, I believe my record was two and seven, three and seven. Okay. So when I believe. Yeah. So when you're getting up to your first fight and you're, you know, like you're, you're taking this serious, how, what's that like, that feeling of actually fighting, you know, your first fight going into it, you're like you've had street fights, you know, all that shit, but getting into like an actual fight where some, the other person's trained, you know, the same as you, how is that kind of playing on you mentally? I wish I wish everybody in the world can go through it that talk shit because <laughs> there's so many people I find out in the first 30 seconds that it is fighting it's not what you think it is it is more mental than it is physical to me mm-hmm. it's literally a chess game I'm waiting for you to mess up you're waiting for me to mess up I've been training to dodge a left hook you've been training to dodge a right sh- like you we both been training mentally to do the same thing and now we're about to clash and it's weird. Yeah, yeah. No, it's that was uh when I'm in jujitsu, it seems like like I had to back off for a minute and I'm just doing just Muay Thai right now, just because I would my brain almost shuts off. You know, it kind of seems like once I got too close or like if I couldn't get an arm bar, they'd escape or sweep or something, my brain would just shut off. And yeah. I would be able to go to the next, you know, rhythm of movements. <clears throat> so I'm, yeah, that's, I'm kind of assuming that's what you're talking about for it's more mental than anything. Um, a lot of fighters do have that mental, like, like you were saying, like you're looking at everything from that mental aspect of stuff. Um, do you feel like you taking this more, I don't know how to say it, like, I guess professional is is it kind of keeping like the same mindset or did you have a like a mindset switch for what do you feel like yeah i feel like that the professional is really a different than amateurs immediately but i knew leading up to going pro that i was ready i was ready to go pro because i just basically got bored of sick bored of fighting for free and Mm -hmm. given such great shows and i cut all this damn weight and I'm not even getting paid for it. Yeah. So I, I kind of got bored with it. And I, but then when I heard I had a professional contract with a big company like BKFC, it snapped me like, I didn't, I don't mind going down to 145 because I know I'm getting a paycheck as soon as I walk out of that ring. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the bigger promotions, they'll pay you that day compared to where some of the smaller ones, you may never get paid. Yeah, I get it. I got my check as soon as I walked, as soon as my fight was over, they had it right there for me. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've known some uh, some UFC guys. Um, we have one girl in our gym, and uh, a couple of other guys I've heard of. It's like, you don't even get a chance to take your wraps off 
you they just hand you a check before you hit that locker room and as soon as you're in the back you're just you're already paid so that's pretty dope (coughs) oh excuse me Uh, all right man um so when yeah i don't even really know what to say because it just seems like you you brought up the bkfc and that's like a new promotion that's been going on over these last few years it's how do you get into that and how do you because that is street fighting almost you know like that's what i call it professional street fighting yeah that's what i that's what i call it yeah so is this like taking you back to your childhood you know of of just throwing you know because i mean yeah it makes me like it's such a unreal feeling to be so comfortable and confident walking in to a fight that you know you're about to fight bare knuckle against a professional athlete but i've done it so much growing up that i am just like i don't get the nerves i do when i'm walking to an mma uh octagon i know like there's so many things that could happen i could get kicked in the face i can get taken down knees elbows like there's countless things that could happen uh but when it comes to the bare knuckle fighting there's not much people who already can't handle my striking as it is i feel like i'm a very above my class striker and when people when you can't take me down what else are you gonna do you can try to clinch me but i also i'm very strong there too so it just it's just the confidence I love it gives me that I'm not even worried from the second I get in there because I've been doing it my entire life. And now I'm doing it in front of millions of people getting paid money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you have a lot of like family support on both sides for what you're doing? Yeah, my mom, uh, we got a really small family, but everybody on my mom's side is supportive. I don't talk to my dad or uh, anybody on that side. But I have a lot of people that support in multiple states like i got people that support me illinois indiana uh kentucky new york there's there's quite a bit of states because i've traveled all over the place and got in contact with good people and they've followed me along my career since i've met them yeah yeah, for sure yeah another thing that like i've noticed is this like just the combat sports in general especially with what you're doing on bigger promotions is it's not always about what you're doing in the ring or the cage you know like it it is also about the promotion that you put on for yourself outside seems like some people are almost doing too much social media and you know putting themselves Mm -hmm. out there to where they kind of lose track of the sport itself oh (laughs) yeah there's a there's a few people out there like that uh but also oh man i forgot what i was about to say what were, you, what were you saying again? Yeah, I forgot that too. Um, oh, the uh, the too, there's people that worry too much about like social media and promoting themselves. Over. Oh yeah, the, I remember actually speaking about going back to the question since you brought that up. Yeah. How how do you get involved in uh, BKFC or fight for them? Yeah, yeah. What uh, for the most part they have for the most part they have uh, tryouts. To where you show up and there's usually like 60 to 100 people there and one of the first things out of their mouths at any tryouts i've heard of or i've listened to personally that they don't care how clean your jab is how fast you can throw your combos they're looking for a good personality yeah 
and that showed that showed me a lot too about the inside the fight game. Oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy how much but, fighters don't pay attention to that though. Yeah, because there were some guys in that promotion that, that had no, no business being in there, but that could happen anywhere. So I can't just speak on that on that promotion. Itself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is it set up kind of like uh, like the PFL Contender Series and Dana White's Contender Series and and things like that, where it's a tournament type style, or are you just going in, you get one fight, and then they kind of judge based off of that. They go uh, from what I've seen. They give people one fights, or they give you multiple fights, just. But I, but your first one, it's more than likely a one, so they can see what you're gonna do, so you can realize what you're getting into. Because a lot of people don't realize this is not boxing, this is not MMA. It does not feel anything like that from the second the bell starts. Because you guys are like within arm distance. As soon as that bell starts, that guy across from me could just punch me in the mouth without me having time to think. Yeah. Is your range different? So I feel like yeah, oh yeah, everything's got to be like you're not worried about takedowns or kicks, and you don't have like that extra, you know, whatever on sixteen ounce. Yeah, gloves. it's it's got to be an extra uh, two three because yeah. two three inch because once I went out there and I remember I went to throw a couple jabs and it was like where it landed or where I seen it was gonna land. I was like, that is way off. I'm not used to this at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be a complete different feeling, especially, I mean, like, I imagine getting hit, you're not feeling it, or are you mm-hmm. still feeling it because you've you've had enough, you don't have that big adrenaline dump? Or... Well, in this, the only thing I can say, I was only hit twice in my fight because he did more hugging than anything. <laughs> but uh, the, the one hit that I do remember him, I remember seeing it coming because I, I ducked down and I put my guard up. But the hook still, you know how when you put your hands up in a boxing glove, mm-hmm. uh, the shield from right there is going to block that punch. Well, bare knuckle, it's just going to come in right behind it. So I remember when I was blocking, the punch came through and it like rocked my head. And it wasn't even that heavy of a punch. But I remember just feeling the bone on bone. And it was enough to be like, you don't want to do it. You don't want to feel that. It was definitely a different because the gloves, I can take those. I'll go out there and bang five, three minute rounds. I don't care. Right. But bare knuckle, I want to be very smart. You'd be like a sniper almost. I think that's what I call it. Yeah, for sure. How many fights do you plan on taking a year? Because you got to take a beating off of this shit. You know, even just your hands, it doesn't matter if you get hit. Your hands got to be going through a beating as well. Yeah, I've seen other people. My fight, I I got very blessed with my fight. I didn't, I didn't have no marks, so no cuts on my face. My hand knuckles weren't sore because, like I said, he was doing more hugging than we were hitting. So, mm-hmm. any chance I did get to hit him, I was taking those shots, but it wasn't enough to swell my hands. Oh, that's good. Hopefully, but I would like if I could, I'd fight every month. I don't like sitting around. Really. That, if, as long as I'm my hands are good, I'm healthy, and I can make weight, and they're paying me, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the fighter mentality, man. It's pretty, yeah, pretty much across. But as long way. as long as they don't try to cheapskate, I don't want. I feel like I bring actual value to promotions. Yeah, that a sure. lot of other that a lot of other fighters won't bring you. So I feel like I should be treated like that. 
yeah no definitely yeah i uh this so the show is called the fighter's story and just looking at you you're covered and that's oh, yeah. that's basically just a book in itself so you mind kind of like walking not do a full body walkthrough but like how did you start getting tattooed and like up to like you got maybe the top of your head and like an ankle left or like yeah i still have i still have both my legs okay but uh yeah i started every single one of them means something except for maybe like two three or just for looks just because i needed something there yeah but uh this arm, this arm is uh, for Illinois, and then the, my left arm is for Florida. I, this was my very first tattoo ever. The pair of boxing gloves <laughs> says knockout fighter. I got that when I was 16. My mom had to sign for it at a shop. Oh, damn. And she was like, no more after that. And then I ended up jumping straight to my fingers, <laughs> and I got... This hand says game, and then this one says over. And she was she was not happy about that. It seems and, like you just knew you were going to fight forever. Yeah, I just knew. I just never knew how serious it could actually be. Yeah. Because I, I didn't really pay attention to sports like that growing up. Yeah. Did, you, did you watch fighting or wrestling or anything like that growing up? actually hated wrestling until I moved to Florida. I used to talk so much shit about wrestling. And then I moved here and met my wrestling coach, Mahmoud. And he changed my whole outlook on the way I look at grappling. Yeah. Yeah. It, wrestlers suck to grapple with. They're yeah. Just, I, yeah. I, I, I hope people say that when I grapple them because <laughs> I'm way more of a wrestler than I will. I feel like I'll ever be a jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah, wrestling's crazy. Um, <clears throat> another thing with wrestling that I've noticed is there's that big correlation between, like, just the promotional side of it, you know, like, you have not so much, like, the wrestling that we're talking about, but, like, the WWE-style wrestling of promoting yourself, you know, kind of playing that character type thing. Kind oh, of yeah. doing, like, what Connor, you know, what McGregor's doing. Um, no, nah, he's, re- he's just really crazy. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> that's not that's not an act. <laughs> yeah, no, he I just yeah, was, saw something where he's yeah. trying to go after Kamaro Usman. That's like yeah, his, I saw that's his fight come back. That's insane. But I mean he needs to win win at least two fights before he talks like that. Yeah, exactly. It's I thought him and Chumayev would have made a good fight, even though Chumayev would have killed him, but it oh yeah, it would have done something, you know, would have at least shut him up for a while. So jesus i feel like ever since covid i've been afraid to cough so i like yeah it's like i feel like that at the when i'm at the gym yeah did your guys's gym shut down during covid because i mean you've only been Uh, for two years which is about the time covid's been going on so it's like not a good time to turn pro or turn up when so the covid the whole original outbreak when they first started freaking out a couple years ago uh they were starting to close everything as i was in the process of moving so one business was getting shut down after another but i was already moving to florida so i didn't really care about that and then when i got to florida 
<laughs> ever since I got here to Florida. Yeah, they just act like coronavirus is just unheard of. Like it's a foreign language. Like I've never, the only people I see with masks are just elderly people or people that look like they're foreign, not from here. But other than that, I don't see masks or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, so I'm in Ann Arbor and it's the most politically driven city I've ever seen. It's like you're not allowed to say half of like the human vocabulary just because it will offend somebody and i love I, I love going to places like that yeah it's, <laughs> it's i feel like a bull in a china shop walking around man like it's you just you can't say anything without offending yeah. somebody and everybody's wearing a mask i'm seeing people driving around with them on in their own car with the windows up that no makes, one else is in the car makes no sense to me yeah, it's I'm not the smartest guy on the planet, but I know that's yeah ridiculous. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense at all, but it's just it's the world that we live in, you know. I mean, everything's getting crazy. I mean, I'm talking to a guy who makes a living punching people in the face without boxing gloves on. You yeah, know? So, I mean, to I was the- just talking, I was just telling my girlfriend that that's uh like what you were just saying, uh that video that's going around right now that that did the spinning elbow in UFC. I can't think of her name oh, right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't my, it wasn't meatball or was it meatball? Yeah. Mom? Yeah. I think that was her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm pretty sure. But any, anyways, I was telling her, like you were just saying that it's crazy to me. I'll, I'll look in the mirror sometimes and be like, there are people that go their entire lives and never get into one confrontation or one physical fight ever. And there's people out here like me and her knocking people out. It's cold and cheering in front of a crowd of people. Yeah. It's just crazy the different people. Yeah. When you go into fights like that, because that knockout was brutal. It, yeah, it, that was crazy. Do you look at it as violence? Are you looking at it as like a smart or an art? I don't look at it as because people get some people tell me backstage, get pissed off, get all mad. If I get pissed off and get mad, I'm going to lose the fight. I can tell you that. If you see my face change in there, anybody that ever hears this, if I start to get pissed off, I'm more than likely losing that fight because that's when my skill and technique is going to go right out the window. And I can, I'm not going to give a shit. I'm just going to be trying to take somebody's head off. Yeah. But I know I try, I look at it as, I, I just feel like it's a chess. We're playing chess. That's how I really look at it. Yeah. And I and I know you can't hurt me. That's what I tell myself the whole time. Right. Yeah, it was funny that you said that because when uh, I was just kind of like looking at some of your stuff online, my fiance walked by me and um, she actually thought you were Cody Garbrandt, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from, the, from I, Bectat. But uh, that and that's Sean how O'Malley. he fights. That's exactly how he fights. As soon as he gets pissed off, you can see it. And then he normally yeah. ends up losing. Is that yeah, have you it... always had that temper? Like, do you have a temper? Is that what triggers it? Or is it? I, I don't get it. I haven't got mad in a fight in a long. You'd have to personally, like, piss me off on a personal level because you saying you're going to whoop my ass and you're going to fuck me up. And that, that stuff don't, that's irrelevant. That stuff don't bother me. Yeah, but if you get personal into personal stuff and really 
get me pissed off. Then I would have to see because I haven't got mad in a fight. So I haven't really, I can't answer that honestly, what I would do. Right. I feel like if I don't, if I get pissed off and I don't end it in that 15 second burst, I'm going to be extremely exhausted. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause I'm going to be throwing everything with no technique and it's just going to be just getting thrown back to back. Yeah. I'm trying to, so I talked to, I just had a question that can't remember shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hate when I lose my train of thought. I feel like this is where the editing part should come in, but I don't, always, I just don't always do it. It's no, you said something. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't even remember. Oh, so I've I've had a few conversations to where it seems like the training is one part of it, and then you have the scale, which is your first fight, but then you have the actual fight itself, and in that actual fight, are you taking away like any lessons, I guess, from like more of like a philosophical standpoint, you know, I mean, from like the, the martial arts standpoint of like the respect and everything like that, are you actually taking things from your fights and bringing them into like your personal life or is it just the fight and you leave everything in the ring? No, I mean, unless there was like a personal problem, as soon as that fight's over, I, I don't really, a lot of these guys, they brag on their fights for, like, it seems like forever because I got so many fighters on social media. It's good to brag, yes, you put in all that work, you got the win. But after a couple of weeks, I think it should be forgotten about and it's on to the next target. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was, because I had uh, Kevin Ross. Um, he's a Muay Thai guy. Um, and he was talking a lot about how um, in Muay Thai, it's like a very, it's an art form, you know, to where it's, there's a very long history from Muay Thai. It's very respected. But then in America, it's just not as respected. Um, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like I don't feel like they're very respectful here. Yeah, at all. Yeah, it's also the uh just the viewership of combat sports is like 25 percent in america and the rest is worldwide so we don't make up like a huge chunk you know of, yeah. of watching it so with kind of like the bare knuckle getting bigger are you getting international um attention oh yeah they just posted something about me a couple of days ago like two three days ago yeah and it got me like 600 followers. Like my phone was just going off like crazy. And I didn't even see it for the first 30 minutes. And then I got on and saw it. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because I was like, where the hell are all these followers coming from? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy when that happens. But the other, but they're from all over the place. They're from places I can't even read. <laughs> yeah. How are you handling this? Because I mean, you're only 26. You're obviously coming up. Um, the BKFC is only getting bigger. So how are you kind of handling it coming from, you know, like a small town to now you're becoming an internationally known fighter? I'm ignoring it. I'm not really? going to let it get to, I'm not going to let it get to my head because I know where I come from and what I'm capable of doing. And if I let things like that get in my head, 
I'll start being cocky. I'll stop training as hard as I do. I'll, I just know, cause I know me personally, I just, I'll start feeling like I can get away with shit that I can't get away with in the ring and it's going to get me knocked out. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, I'm just going to ignore it until I get, I don't feel like I'm, I feel like I'm on a mission to get the championship and I'm ignoring absolutely everything until then. Do you feel like it's no. given you a little bit of at least validation of kind of like what you're doing is, is the right thing and you're going in the right direction? No, because I look at it more like people, there's way more people that hate than love me and they're going to hate regardless if I retired 13 and 0 with 12 knockouts there's always going to be haters yeah so i just still tune in haters still watch and they still pay attention you know like oh yeah they still create you know attention Mm -hmm. which can be revenue in this time so you know i'm sure i'm gonna be here in a couple more fights once they give me some more tv time and stuff i'm probably not going to be liked by a lot of people just because of my attitude too like i honestly feel like i am the champion and i disrespected by anybody they're putting in front of me that thinks they can honestly beat me yeah you have to have that mentality though i mean mm-hmm. you gen you cannot go into it thinking that you might even have the chance of losing so but a lot of people mean, think it's being cocky and arrogant but it's not at all yeah well you also have a lot to fight for you know, I mean, you're coming from a smaller town, you moved across the country and you got four kids at home. So it's, you're not really doing it for fun. You know, like what's it? Yeah. That's I a guess huge thing. It, yeah. What's it like being a professional athlete with kids at home? Are you trying to kind of push anything that you've learned on them? Not so much like in the fighting aspect, but of like going after what you want and, you know, how do you kind of like relay that message? That's what I hope the message, that's what I hope the message is because I don't influence any of them to fight. If they want to fight, that's going to be, I want them to live how they want to live. I don't want them trying to impress me and not liking what they do. So yeah, I'd rather them do what they do, but do it to the point to where you can achieve any goal. And that's what I want to be able to get the championship and that'll be my that I'll know that uh, I've been saying this for years and anything is possible. Yeah. No, Cause my, the city I come from, like you said, it's very small. It's only, I think 30,000 people. And I moved here to Tampa and there's like 850,000 here. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. It's going to be something amazing when you can actually hold that belt, you know, and like have your kids on your shoulders and, is that something that you visualize pretty often? Yeah, if I if I had a championship fight, I'd I'd love for them all to be there. Yeah. I would, because I know a lot of people would be trying to party and do whatever, but I would just want my kids to witness history, yeah. pretty much. It it seems like turning yeah. pro has is not only like been beneficial for your career, but for you as a person as well. Is that pretty accurate or? Yeah, because I, the stuff I used to put on my social media was just a bunch of nonsense. This stuff nobody cared about or drama that people just like to read because it was drama. But ever since moving here and turning professional, I, I've had multiple coaches and people tell me that I need to treat my uh, 
the way I present myself and my social media as a professional mm-hmm. or the or the professional promoters won't look at you like a professional, like you want to be looked at. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing to have to promote yourself when you're signed to a promotion that you kind of want them to promote you. It's a, it's a weird thing, but once you become the champ, and you know it's all kind of built in do you think you're ready for that you know going from like a small town to like you know champion of bare knuckle i feel like i know i am because i've been doing it my whole life if you ask anybody that's ever known me growing up what was i known for what was i always into growing up they're gonna say fighting and that was always that was always bare knuckle so to get a championship belt a big check and on tv that's just like that'd be my dream come true yeah so you have a fight is it yeah it's the same week it's the eighth right Uh, april April 8th 8th, yeah yeah so going so if that's a championship fight and you win does your life change after that like if it were you know to be a a championship fight like how, how does your life change after that for you and your kids i feel like once i get put in that position then i'll know because i don't know i don't know until then but if it was then i know that everything changes when you become a champion yeah your people look at you a lot different and you got to present yourself as a champion and defend that belt like a champion no because nobody wants a guy to just give a lucky belt win and then defend what's his and he loses right off the bat yeah no, that's cool that you're saying this stuff, man, because I've talked to a few people that, you know, whenever they talk about being the champ, they have it. They know exactly what they want to do, you know, and it's this cool story. But you're just going just this next fight and you're just whatever happens, you know, like you're very centered and very humble, um, but at the same time, very driven. Is that something you always had as a child? Like, obviously, like you were getting in a lot of trouble and things like that. But did you feel like you just didn't have a direction to point that arrow at? I was. I've always been a leader growing up. I know I was never a follower, so I can always in all my friend groups, I was always the one who said what we should do. So I knew I was meant to be a leader. But other than that, uh, no, because I didn't really care about much as a kid i didn't care about anything yeah just when the next when's the next party and girls yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i feel you man yeah yeah no it was hard for me to get out of that world i came from like obviously extremely poor i didn't know what the fuck i was doing and so i just took out student loans and went to college after i got a ged and that's when like i did the partying and the girls thing and I didn't actually go to class or anything for that school. Um, But yeah, girls can definitely get in your way. It's, it almost kind of seems like they're drugs, you know, like you have one, you want to know what that flavor tastes like. And it's, it's it's, love. Love is the drug. Yeah. Yeah. Is your fiance pretty, or, you know, your girlfriend right now, is she pretty accepting of what you do and, and help you out a lot or is it kind of, Oh weird? yeah. She, she, I'm sure she didn't know how serious it was in the beginning of the relationship. Cause I'm sure when you meet 
when you meet somebody and they're like, hey, I'm a fighter. I, I kind of fight. And I'm sure she was just like, oh, okay. It's just like a little hobby he does. But then once she saw how serious it was becoming, then she cared about helping. Like right now, if I was to walk in there and try to eat some chocolate or something that I'm not supposed to eat, she'll come over and smack my hand and she'll, she knows, she knows what I'm supposed to be eating and what I'm not supposed to be eating. Yeah. And she always takes care of the kids while I'm at the gym or sometimes they'll all come with. Yeah. She helps like she, anything I can't do, she does. Yeah. No, that's amazing. How are you dealing? Well, first of all, I guess I should preface this with a question are you getting more female attention from your exposure from fighting? I don't, I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right, all right, all right. I don't, I don't want to start an argument. Yeah, no, I'm just, I feel like, but my honest answer to that question is I feel like whether I was a fighter or not, just the, just the person I am and the way I present myself, that would always be an issue for me. So, yeah. No, I, I hear you. I definitely hear you on that one. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, man. Well, I know you got a few kids waiting for you on the inside, and you got a girl on the inside probably cooking something up for you. Um, before I get you out of here, do you have any kind of anything coming up besides your fight on April 8th that you kind of like to promote? I know your social media um and then any future plans do you kind of plan on sticking with the uh bare knuckle or are you wanting to go to a different promotion after your contract or just kind of like play it by ear and see what happens all right i'm on uh facebook and instagram i believe my instagram is steve morris 15 that's s-t-e-v-l 15 yep uh what else was i about to say um Oh, your fight on April 8th, kind of. Oh, yeah. So about that, uh, yeah. the fight, my next fight's April 8th in Kansas, Wichita, Kansas for BKFC. And then after that one, I'm just really trying to, I like the way they're treating me. I like the way they're promoting me. So if things keep going well with them, I'll more, I'd love to stay with them. That's my number one choice over anything. But I also do train MMA always. I'm never going to stop that just for in case uh, things with BKFC don't work out and I need to go take an MMA fight. Right. Are you allowed to do that? Because I know in some promotions you can do like grappling matches or boxing matches or whatever. It just depends. You can't strike in some. Are you able to take other I believe I believe how they from what I've heard from other people's contracts uh, I believe what they do for people is if you're on like a multi three or five fight contract and the only way you can fight outside of that promotion is if they're willing to pay you more than what you're already getting paid other other than that then like you couldn't if they're with so if you're getting like, I don't know, 10,000 a fight and this, this promotion is only offering you seven, then you can't go fight for them. Right, right. Because you're basically devaluing yourself anyway, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
All right, man. Well, I know we said about an hour, and I know you're extremely busy, so I'll go ahead and get you out of here. Um, you got any kind of last words, any lessons, any anything you want to put out there before we let you go? Uh, not really. I'm terrible on the spot. <laughs> Just <laughs> shout out to all my my sponsors, Heavy Handed Tribe. Uh, we got Baby B. Uh, Florida Dab Bar, Holy Smokes Tampa, um, America Top Team Tampa, MG Wrestling, Tampa City Boxing, Smith Brothers Management. Everywhere and at ATT. That's when you know you're taking it serious when you're at ATT. It's yeah, the name is what drew me into (laughs) them. Yeah, the name is the brand, it's yeah. It's, I mean, you also have Sanford down there, but ATT is kind of, that's, that's where you want to go, man. So, oh, yeah. Right, cool. Yeah. No, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on here. I really do. Um, I will go ahead and get you out of here. Thanks again for coming on. And, uh, I will talk to you soon. All right. Appreciate it. You have a good one. All right. Thanks, man. You too. See what I tell you. That dude's been fighting his entire life. All he knows is fighting. And underneath all of that fighting is a very calm father. Which is amazing to hear that throughout all of this this combat, um, through the different promotions, the different fight styles, He's just retained the one quality of being a good father, and I can definitely respect that. Um, I wish you good luck on your fight on April 8th, 2022 with the BKFC, Steve-O, and uh, hope to talk to you soon. On top of that, I would like to give a shout-out to the show's sponsors, the MMA Dietitian and Apex Massage. Um, both of those sponsors are amazing. Uh, MMA Dietitian is me. I do sponsor this podcast, but if you hit me up and you do have a fight coming up, we can definitely get you on weight. And if you have any sort of sporting competition coming up and you need somebody to make sure that your body is in tip-top shape, definitely hit up Apex Massage. Go see the mechanic. His name is Tom. And... Other than that, that is going to be it for today's show. I just want to thank everybody again for tuning in and listening for yet another episode of A Fighter's Story. Please continue to follow me along online at A Fighter's Story on Instagram and also on Patreon. So that's going to be it for today, and I love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. See ya!